Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. Your weekly news roundup for the wide world of professional wrestling. I am your host for today, the five-star man, Asa Gray, and a solo show here tonight. Uh, the Big D, Dalton Anthony, is out there like working on stuff to pr- further his career and education with actual goals and dreams and just, you know, thumbs down boo this man absolutely despicable behavior i may be i may not have him back on we'll see i know you're listening dalton and yes that is a threat been dropping the ball lately bud make me go out without you tomorrow night or tonight depending on when you're listening to this you know what you did it's fine we're moving on because this is the nerdiest part of the ring and we start every episode every week with a little bit of positivity to combat all of the just unnecessary toxicity and negativity that is out there online especially online with like the you know the iwc in general you spend more than five minutes scrolling on twitter and you have seen just some of the dumbest takes uh that are imaginable or maybe your twitter is a much more pleasant experience maybe i'm just chronically online who's to say leave that as a matter of the courts My power of positivity of this week is going to be a real shocker to anybody who has uh, listed this before. Actually, you know what? So I was going to do Xavier Woods again because, one, the match on SmackDown last week for the Intercontinental Championship with Gunther friggin' ruled. Like, he really kind of proved yet again, no matter how many times he has to do it, that on top of being a fantastic personality... And, you know, the stuff with Up, Up, Down, Down. Like, he is a tremendous wrestler. And then he also was on Kind of Funny stream today because they were celebrating uh, former guest of the show, Greg Miller. His 40th birthday is today. And he was on there. He, like, chopped Greg. He chopped Kevin and Cool Greg and Tim and Snowbike Mike and even Greg's friend Poe, who isn't even part of the company, but was there for his birthday. Um... It just brought a really good energy like he always does, so I was going to do it to him, but as a little offshoot, just to kind of shake things up, we'll say, the actual power of positivity for this week is going to go to uh, Mace and Mansoor, aka Masse and Mansois, because they had a video on Woods' Up Up Down Down channel this past week where they were like, they play, I don't remember the name of the game they played, but it was them talking like they're like oh this is training for tekken and everybody like la knight was on it montez ford was on it and they're just like what are you talking how is this training for tekken but they have a new subgroup so it's you know the the bre and then there's of course left right left right and they were the noob world order but then they said they got a cease and desist from that so they're trying to come up with a new thing and i don't know why but the uh the riff off of the nexus was the next up and it tickled me and and I don't know why it just it did so if you if you haven't seen any of the up up down down stuff with them they're regulars on it at this point and they're fantastic they're just a ton of fun to watch so uh, um I think it was last week we talked about the them singing Kane's theme shit were they by were they by power positivity for last week too I'm bad at this. I've tried to, you know, sh- shake it up, but apparently I can't. I am incapable. Time is a flat circle. Who knows anymore? 
I do, since Dalton isn't here to interrupt me and, you know, cause a stir, I am going to pull the curtain back a little bit and I'm going to get a little honest with everybody. And today has been, I got a really nice surprise and this kind of, and it does tie into power positivity, I swear. Um, my brain hasn't been doing great the last couple weeks. Um, I've had just some, you know, it's just general, I, I have anxiety and depression to begin with, but it's just some stuff going on in the real world is making the, the, the bad brain days more than the good brain days, which it happens. I'm, I'm okay. It's cool. But like just having a little bit of a rough ride, uh, the last couple weeks, but today out of nowhere, uh, our Dalton and I's friend, Corey, who refed at CC, who refs at CCW shows, um, super cool guy. Dalton got to, has gotten to know him a lot better than I have. Um, but just like he's, he's a super cool guy and he just out of the blue sent me a message and said, you know, how much he enjoyed the episode of CCW live that we did last night, which if you don't know, if you're not local, uh, Cape championship wrestling is the local promotion that Dalton and I primarily work for. And each week on the Facebook page, CC wrestling five, seven, three, get that plug in. Uh, I host a kind of like a little talk show interview segment with our ring announcer, Caleb Carter, who hosts the four sides podcast. And, uh, we just recently brought in Paige Mack, uh, who we're going to ha- be having doing like backstage interviews and in-ring interviews and stuff like that at CCW. And it's a lot of fun. Sometimes we have like last night was a particularly chaotic episode because we had Trent Daniels interrupt the show. We had Austin Lane interrupt the show. And, you know, I got to kind of play off of both of them. And, and he just kind of took a second and sent me a message that just said that, you know, he thought I did a really good job and I was really good at it. And like it legitimately made my day it really kind of turned around what was already kind of a stressful day at work. Like I immediately just felt better. So that is kind of why I like doing the power of positivity at the start of each show, because, you know, I hope I I like to think that it encourages anybody listening to be like, Oh, you know, this person had a great match this week, or they did an interview that was really, really good. Or I just like them in general. And it, you know, will encourage you to go out and, you know, just send a message, send a tweet, because there is so much negativity out there and there is so much toxicity out there that those nice words really do go a long way. And, you know, like I said, it's the general, you never know the day somebody's having and, you know, it it could turn something around. So if if you're listening to us for the first time or if you're a longtime listener, I encourage you to go out, send somebody a just a thank you and a, you know, good job, keep it up, I enjoyed this, uh, and and just kind of put some more positivity out there. So, that is that for an opening. Wasn't expecting to go that deep into it, but here we are. These are the solo shows, baby. This is what we signed up for. Uh, there is quite a bit of news this week. Yesterday, just not just in wrestling, but like in the real world too, I, it's been a, just a bonkers news day. Like, and today really kind of didn't slow down either. But just some of the stories that I grabbed, I'm going to keep this episode short just because 
I don't particularly enjoy doing the solo episodes because I like, one, I like the chance to hang out with Dalton. I know everything I said earlier. It still stands, and it's very true. But it, but it's fun to have someone to, you know, bounce off of and talk with as opposed to just, like, staring at a monitor and into a microphone by yourself. It's a weird feeling. Anywho, I'm trying to... So I just grabbed some of the bigger stories that I saw, and we'll go from there. Jumping in, the first thing that I want to talk about is the most real world and it's the most of the it, like it, it isn't a great story so i'm going to lead off with it and then go in the rest of it uh but wwe and vince mcmahon both find themselves on the wrong end of yet another lawsuit uh this one is from a former writer i am reading from uh bloomberg law right now World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated Vince McMahon and other executives allegedly discriminated and retaliated against a black female writer for objecting to offensively racist and stereotypical jargon used in the scripts of black wrestlers including Bianca Belair and Apollo Crews, according to a new lawsuit. Brittany Abraham's multiple complaints were ignored and she was pretextually terminated for taking home a WrestleMania-branded chair, according to the complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of New York on Monday. McMahon reinstated himself to the WWE's board in January and faces ongoing litigation stemming from his alleged rape and sexual assault of employees. The WWE recently announced its plans to merge with UFC, which would create a $21.4 billion enterprise. Uh, go back. Abrahams began writing for WWE SmackDown and WWE Monday Night Raw in 2020. According to the complaint, she complained of racial and gender stereotypes in scripts, including ones instructing Bel Air to say, uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass, and Cruz to speak with a stereotypical and exaggerated Nigerian accent, but was rebuffed, she said. WWE didn't immediately respond to Bloomberg Law's request for comment. Um, this is a longer, uh, much longer story, but that's all I'm going to actually read verbatim from. Um, but essentially, uh, this writer constantly pointed out various racial and ethnic and sexist stereotypes and tropes that other writers and executives were pitching to have these wrestlers do. And she believes that the reason she was fired was because she spoke up about these things and not be for the reason that was stated, which was that she took home a WrestleMania chair, which she says in part of the lawsuit is that apparently that is a pretty common practice, including the several male white writers that did the exact same thing, but did not get fired for it. The... Biggest one, I mean, maybe not biggest, because, man, there is a lot of shit in these. And even going back to, like, PWU days, we talked about, like, man, this feels gross. But the big one that really caught my eye, the first one that I saw, uh, is that they wanted, at one point, someone pitched that Mansoor was holding a, was hiding a secret, and that secret was that he was actually behind the 9-11 attacks. What the actual fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? That is an idea that someone pitched. Now, whether or not you thought, like, they, that person thought, like, it would ever get off the ground, or maybe they just thought they were being funny, I don't know. But, like, holy shit. How do you say that out loud in a professional setting? 
let alone in general. I just, that, that blows my mind. So this is another lawsuit. I don't know Jack about Jack about the law. I don't know Jack of Jack about business and the, you know, the, the purchase of WWE and Endeavor. Like, I, I don't know anything about stuff like that. But I, from what I've read and what I can tell, this isn't really going to do anything to screw with the purchase like that. It's not going to affect Endeavor purchasing WWE in any way, but who knows? I don't know, man. Like it's hard to read some of the stuff that was pitched here and just be like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, God damn rough, rough. Um, and there, I like all I can think about, all I can think about reading these stories is when Vince McMahon drops the N bomb on television. Like you're going to tell you're gonna, like, how is that not exhibit a through F and then, yeah, all this other documented stuff like, ah, Jesus Christ. I don't know. Sometimes I we read these stories and we hear these things about the behind the scenes stuff. And it's like, do I, is this a company that I even want to cover? Like, let alone watch anymore. But that goes into the whole, you know, do you, do you boycott an entire company because there are good people there doing good work and do they suffer? But at the same time, you look at who's making what money. And I wish the world was easy, right? Like, why isn't there just a clear cut black and white? Yes or no answer and there's just not so uh sucks that's bad that's so bad like rereading it again like i because I, I had met the mansoor being behind 9-11 is the one that stuck out in my mind i had kind of forgotten about the bianca belair you know don't make me take my earrings off like oh that's so because in a different article they talk about how she had apparently even said like i'm not saying that that is not something that I would say or my character would say. It's a stereotype. It's racist. And they still kept trying to get her to say it. So bad all around there. But we'll continue to follow that as it goes on. As far as I could tell, I double checked. I don't think I double checked today, but um, yesterday I didn't see that WWE had issued any kind of like formal response to it yet. Um, speaking of WWE, and this feels so weird. This is why I don't like, like, I could make a joke with Dalton or like a transition joke here, but like, it feels weird going like, wow, this is the bullshit that's happening behind the scenes. Hey, they introduced a new world heavyweight championship. Let's just talk about like that. Like we didn't just get done talking about, you know, awful stuff. They wanted to have Shane Thorne hunt Reggie. Just going straight to, to, to hunting people. I don't. Does this episode go up? It's going to go up. It's going to go up. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. The episode, not everything at all. Ooh. You know. You know what I mean. Boy, these solo shows are smooth, aren't they? New World Heavyweight Championship was unveiled on Monday. It is a, kind of a redux of a, the big gold it obviously has very clear inspiration from there, but it's got the WWE logo uh, plastered right there in the center of it. Um, 
I just think it's cool. So what they're doing in the announcement is that after the draft, whatever show Roman Reigns ends up on, the other show, this will be their world championship. So if Roman's on Raw, this will go to SmackDown. And there will be they will name the champion at Night of Champions. I'm not sure if they're going to do like a tournament leading up to it or how that's going to go. Uh, but I believe the draft starts tomorrow, starts on Smack this week's SmackDown, but I am not 100% sure. Um, it, as far as the physical design goes, it's neat that they made an actual participation trophy because this just says like, yeah, Roman is obviously not losing this championship anytime soon. Um, no one could beat Roman, so that's his belt. The, the Ubu championship is his forever. And now we have this that everybody else can play with. It's, <laughs> I, I don't know how, I don't, all of my complaints are really rooted in the fact that I hate the idea of the draft. We talked about it last week or two weeks ago or whenever it was, but I, I don't like the idea of the draft and splitting the rosters. So introducing a new world championship while it just I don't I don't dig it personally. Some people might be excited for it. Um, one thing that I'm super curious about, and as far as I could tell, I couldn't find any concrete answer. So I don't know if even WWE has confirmed it yet. But I'm wondering how what the lineage is here, because what I'm hoping that they do is if they're calling this the the World Heavyweight Championship, that they pick this back up after. I believe Randy Orton. It was Orton and Cena. That's why I need Dalton here, because he knows stuff. He's probably yelling at his phone right now that I'm either wrong or that I'm right. But they had like the unification match where Cena was WWE champion, Orton was world heavyweight champion, and then they they won the they had the unification match and Orton be, had both was carrying both belts. I think that's how it went but I'm pretty sure Orton was the last like world heavyweight championship before they just like consolidated the titles. So I personally would like to see them go from, you know, the reign was Randy Orton belt retired and then into this new champion, whoever is that, that wins at night of champions. It'd be profoundly funny if Roman was just like, nah, this is mine now too. Fuck y'all. Like just in a, of course he did. Of course he did. Um, as far as the design, it'll grow on me. The Intercontinental Championship kind of grew on me after I didn't really dig the initial one. Uh, the people have started to post like photoshops of various wrestlers holding the belt and that kind of makes it look better. Like instead of just seeing it on a pedestal, weirdly, weirdly lit, then just someone holding it makes it seem, it makes it seem more palpable, palatable, palpatine. Go for Papa Palpatine. I, I like that look better. Uh, I did go to Twitter and ask what people thought of the championship. Uh, our friend Dylan Hager, um, who I'm going to... Oh, I don't have Dalton here to stall because I want to look and see. I want to give a shout out. Uh, Dylan Hager Wrestling on Facebook. He goes to more shows. He goes to more wrestling shows than most wrestlers you know. And he takes amazing photos, um, and he also does a weekly indie preview 
which is a good read. So he, he's, he's always been very, very supportive of us. So I want to do my little bit to try to pay that forward. So check out Dylan Hager wrestling on Facebook, uh, because also Dylan's just, uh, awesome, awesome guy. Uh, he responded with, I like the design. Big gold is my favorite. So I appreciate the, I appreciate this being the modern version. Not sure how I feel about going back to two main titles with how great the Roman story has been though. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was talking about. It's like, whoever wins this, whoever wins this championship, at least who wins it first, I really hope it is not someone that Roman has already beaten because then it is 100% going to feel like just a consolation prize. It, if you know oh well you you couldn't beat roman so here's this now so now who that leaves i don't know i kind of hope they do a the, i mean the obvious choice is seth rollins he never got his rematch uh after being disqualified so i mean that one i and, and he's also just been doing just such tremendous work the last year that i i he kind of seems like the the odds on favorite um, I really don't want Cody to win it because especially if it's a new lineage, that would be kind of weird, but like, it seems like he should be the one to top a Roman if he's going to, because again, oh, you couldn't get the job done on the actual WWE championship. So here's this. It's just, it's not going to feel right. So I don't know who the best option then would be. Um, but yeah, I really hope it isn't someone that Roman has already beaten. Cause that's going to be kind of gross. Uh, our friend Michaela, who has been a friend of ours through CCW and through Podzilla, uh, also rules. Hey, Michaela. Uh, personally, I don't like how it looks. And I think whoever the champ is, people are going to forget the champ. The people are going to forget who the champ is because they already have so many titles. But I think it would be really funny if they just put the title on Roman. Agreed. Lily, like I said earlier, just nope, I'm winning this too. There was the photoshopped image, I think, that night of Roman holding the WWE title, the universal championship. And then he had the new belt around his waist. And then next year they introduced a new title and then wrestle end of WrestleMania. He's holding that one too. And they just kept Photoshopping championships on Roman. Good stuff. Um, great visual gag for the audio podcast. And then, uh, Carlos Rodriguez nerd a day, um, from the apron work podcast as well. Uh, not a huge fan of the design, but to be fair, I didn't like the North American title in NXT to like a year after its debut. For me, it's the globe in the center. Agreed again. Like I, I dug the, I think I dug the North American title a little bit more, uh, when they first revealed it just cause it didn't look like a previous championship that I was. So I'm sure it was based on another championship that again, Dalton's yelling, but, um, the, the big gold is such an iconic belt and for them to just kind of change it a little bit and add that WWE logo in the center, it it, it does look odd. It it, it looks off. Uh, in one year, if assuming the, the, this is still a thing, who knows? We probably won't even care. Like we're not going to be sitting here like, oh, that match was great, but like, man, that that championship looks ugly. Like we kind of did with the Universal Championship, but that was more because the color of the strap. Like having that bright gaudy strap still doesn't look it doesn't look prestigious. Like it looks kind of silly, but, Oh, excuse me. Throat went out there. Um, but what do you think? Do you, do you dig the championship? Do you like the idea of adding in a main champion, uh, another heavyweight champion to the roster? Uh, do you like the design? Do you dig the design? Let us know. We'd love to, we'd love to hear it. 
Um, moving from WWE news to a little bit of All Elite Wrestling, uh, Roderick Strong made his very surprising debut and is officially All Elite as of last night, uh, Wednesday this week. He came to the aid of Adam Cole, and it was one of those things where it's like, man, where where is Roderick Strong? He is not, like, they kicked him out of Diamond Mine. He was proved, he was proven innocent in the Creed Brothers because it was Damon Kemp who turned on him and attacked Roderick Strong in the parking lot, and then that was his write-off, was him coming back and being like, see, I told you it wasn't me, and then goodbye forever. I have to go. My planet needs me. And so it's it's been just a, such a long time since we have seen him on television there really wasn't word of his release ever getting out i don't know if he still had you know that much shorter he i mean obviously he would have had to the the shorter non-compete clause that alistair black malachi black was able to take advantage of because yeah he just showed up out of nowhere and is in all elite now which means adam cole kyle o'reilly who is still shelved with injury and Roderick Strong, all three are in AEW. Bobby Fish is not; uh, he is he's elsewhere. So maybe he, we maybe we ultimately do see him return now that Roderick is back is in the fold. Once we get Kyle O'Reilly back uh, healthy and back on the ro- active roster, you know maybe he maybe he does make a return and we do get the full uh, undisputed elite, undisputed era. Oh, what were they called in AEW? I think it was the Undisputed Elite. Because that wasn't just Adam Cole, Undisputed Elite. This is the worst podcast in the world, and I apologize. Yeah, Undisputed Elite. Okay, I was... I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I got it right. But it's super cool to see him uh, in AEW and back wrestling. So... um, not to be like a Debbie Downer or just like, oh, you have to complain about everything. But like that, that AEW roster continues to add big, big, very talented names. And are they going to be able to effectively, effectively capitalize on yet another signing? You got to think that there's big plans for Adam Cole in the future. And him being with Cole will kind of make that a little bit easier especially because AEW does have such a focus on factions. So throwing, you know, the the undisputed elite in there makes a ton of sense. I'm also real curious because now Adam Cole is officially face and the elite are face after, you know, they attacked the Young Bucks however long ago, but then that story got sidelined because of injury. You know, do they try it again? They're both aligned the same way. They're both they're both good guys. Both groups are good guys. There, there's a lot of ways they could go with this, and I'm curious to see what happens once Elite moves on from Blackpool Combat Club and once Adam Cole moves on from Chris Jericho. So we'll wait and see. Uh, there will apparently be, yes, kind of, but not really, but kind of less opportunity for some of the AEW names to be spotlighted because it looks like AEW has seemingly very quietly canceled Dark Elevation which was their YouTube exclusive show. They filmed stuff for it sometimes before Dynamites and Rampages when those were live. And the last episode was listed as a best of and also had in the descriptor the final episode. But that does kind of 
make way more for the Saturday show, Collision, once that debuts potentially in June, like we talked about on last week's episode. Uh, which speaking of collision and last week's episode, I didn't have this listed as one of the stories I was going to talk about because like, I like to think we don't just talk about like the drama of stuff just for the sake of drama, but like, and there's no real news coming out of this, but CM Punk being backstage at Monday night raw last week, uh, or I'm sorry, a couple of days ago this week, he, the raw was in Chicago he apparently flew out of Florida where he was doing uh, MMA commentary, ended up on a plane with several people from WWE sitting next to some of them, uh, went backstage, talked with some people. Uh, the report that I read, I don't remember if it was Fightful specifically or if it was a different one, was basically he spoke with The Miz, which like, the you know, go suck a blood money covered dick is a tweet that he sent to him. So like they allegedly they kind of were cordial. Like I won't say necessarily patching things up, but like they spoke the whole thing happened without incident. Very, very clear. There was no drama coming out of it other than just like CM Punk's backstage at WWE. That's kind of wild. He, so he talked to the Miz. He was seen talking to like Tamina and Bobby Lashley. Um, and he did speak with Triple H, which is an interesting one, which again, one of the reports stated that it was basically him asking permission to hang out, uh, which he was like, uh, I got to run that up the ladder. Let me find out because people were under the impression that it was a Vince call remotely, like wherever Vince was, he wasn't there at raw, but he was the one that said like, no, he's got to go. So WWE's head of security asked him to leave, which he then promptly did. He didn't make a scene. He didn't make a fuss. You know, he said his goodbyes and, and he bounced. And I kind of agree with the two prevailing theories of it, of he was either one, he was there to kind of drum up hype and interest and, you know, get his name back in the conversation to get his, uh, generate hype for his AEW return in, uh, again, allegedly in June. And also like, oh, but also maybe kind of putting some feelers out to see, you know, what the vibe is backstage does Hunter immediately start swinging at him or, or, you know, is, or can they be professional type, you know, the, the conspiracy theory there. So, um, but that is a thing it happened. I don't know if it's necessarily like super newsworthy, but Hey, what else am I going to talk about? Oh, this is what I'm going to talk about. The WWE has denied the grizzled young vets or the schisms, uh, release request. It's been a few weeks since we talked about that. They had officially, uh, requested their release from WWE. And I thought the initial report said that they were granted, but that they've been on NXT since then. And one of them, um, James Drake, I believe did actually tweet out and said like, as of today, they have officially denied our request. Our contracts are up in, in October and you know, we'll see you then. So it's a bummer that, you know, they, they're, kind of stuck there in a situation where they're unhappy, but at the same time, like legally you've signed a contract. This is how long you got to be here. So, um, all the best to them. Hopefully they can get a little bit of enjoyment and, you know, out of their remaining time. And they're not just, you know, shelved and stuck waiting. So, but it'll be interesting to see what they do once they are out, you know, like impact has a great tag division. 
uh, assuming they even stay in America, which I think I saw someone say that that was their plan. But like Impact has a great tag division. Obviously, AEW, ROH, um, even like New Japan. You know, they're, 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 these guys are very, very talented that uh, it, it, I think they could pretty much go and mesh very well anywhere and be an asset to whatever tag division they end up joining. Uh, and then last real news story for the day is, again, another bummer of one. Uh, Braun Strowman... Wow, those are words. Braun Strowman has been sidelined with an injury. Uh, he is dealing with a concussion from his match from SmackDown last week. He is got rocked. I don't, I don't remember where exactly it was that the concussion happened, but there was the clip going around of him like trying to toss Ricochet from the apron springboard him off of the ropes and then at one of the Viking at the Viking Raiders but he came up super short and then which he covered I like he covered it very well cuz Ricochet lands short but Strowman just kind of walks up and smacks one of them right across the face and then he goes like back to the apron but when he goes back out to the apron he kind of like almost collapses and face plants a little bit which you know, seeing the clip, I was like, oh, you know, well, there's a Botchamania clip. And then, you know, oh, and he's selling that, oh, I'm disoriented or whatever. And that's why this throw went up short. Like, okay, that's a good cover. But in reality, it's like, oh, no, he may have actually, like, at that point, he could have already been concussed and did just collapse, which is significantly less funny and much more scary, knowing what we know about concussions at this point. So, um, Speedy recovery, full recovery, brain injuries are nothing to, to laugh at. I know we have made fun of and light of uh, Braun and some of his posts and things in the past, but obviously someone's health is what is most important. And, you know, we're, I, I, I would like to think that you guys know I'm not going to just, you know, make jokes about that. Like, and neither would Dalton. So uh, all the best to him. Hopefully, you know, it's, it isn't anything too serious and he's able to get back as quickly as possible. Uh, and that is really going to do it. Um, as far as like previews, I do want to shout out a couple things. Uh, glory pro up in St. Louis has a show this Sunday, April 30th. Uh, they're doing live from the pageant three, uh, which is very, very exciting. Again, like they're the first wrestling company to bring wrestling back to the pageant, which is an iconic venue in St. Louis. Uh, they're the first ones to bring, wrestling there and i don't remember how long but it was a just ridiculous like length of time so uh they're going back there uh johnny glory uh john hennigan john morrison whatever you want to call him uh will be there taking on raheem de la suede which may not be a name that you recognize if you're not local now but i guarantee you within the next two three years you'll know exactly who that is you're going to tell your friends about him i promise uh bussy will be there challenging uh, for the tag, the, uh, their tag champ, their tag titles, excuse me. Uh, and then it's, it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be a, uh, it's a stacked card, the crown of glory championship, uh, Camaro Jackson defending against Mike outlaw and Kenny Alfonso. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a, a real good card. It's a real good card. It's a, uh, real great promotion as well. The United glory championship. I couldn't, my brain completely farted. So I apologize there. Um, but yeah, glory pro check them out. They're super cool. 
And also, if you're in the area anyway, obviously, uh, CCW Super Show 6 is Saturday, April 29th. So you get a nice little one-two punch of Missouri Pro Wrestling uh, that is absolutely killing it. Uh, Super Show is another show that, you know, granted, am I biased? 100%. But I can honestly say that I am very, very excited for this show. Uh, Super Show always delivers. Everybody always turns it up. This is essentially, you know, CCW's biggest show of the year. And I, I, I cannot imagine that this one is going to disappoint. Uh, Matt Cardona will be there. He's taking on the Golden Cobra KLD uh, in a cage match. All of the matches are actually in a steel cage. That match is going to rule. I'm very, very excited uh, to see Cardona live, as well as this is my first time getting to see KLD in the ring live. Uh, since he stepped away uh, last, at some, uh, last year, he took a little bit of a break. And it's gonna, I'm very, very excited for that. Um, the CCW Championship, uh, they're doing a uh, winner take all match with our champion Austin Lane, taking on Joey O'Reilly, who is defending his 0 1 USA Heavyweight Championship. That match is gonna deliver. They have really good chemistry together. Austin has been doing this so long. He, you know, the, the moniker, the best of the best is one that was given to him for a reason. And then Joey O'Reilly is someone that I've been a fan of since day one. The, his athleticism and speed and talent is just off the charts. And I can't wait for that. Uh, Dalton has his matchup. He is teaming with Kevin Cade. Again, all the matches in a cage. Um, the Academy, uh, are challenging no role models, uh, ATM Munchersen, and this is a winner take all. Both have a claim to the championships. We don't have an official champion at this point because both teams have kind of essentially declared themselves champion. They have a equal argument. So now this is the deciding there will be a tag team champion officially after this matchup. Uh, Dalton does not get the credit that I think he deserves by a lot of people for the amount of work that he puts in and has put in. And this run that he's on with Kevin Cade, who I will get to in a second, um, has been really, really great. They, the CCW has kind of given him the ball and he has 100% run with it. Dalton has really delivered in this, this run with the Academy. I am happy to have been, you know, a little small part of that with, uh, you know, the, the segment we did where he cut my hair in the ring. Like I thought that went over very, very well. I'm very proud of his performance in it. I'm very proud of my performance in it as well. Like I'm not trying to sound cocky, but that is what it is. Um, Kevin has really, really impressed me and a lot of other people at CCW as well. His explosiveness, his intensity are so good and the him getting paired with Dalton has like worked out so incredibly well. I cannot wait to see, you know, what they come up with here in the, um, the tag title match. The Academy as a unit as a whole has been really, really good. Um, him getting to work with Micah Knight. She's been doing great as well. Um, the back and forth with like her and the Crowleys, um, has been fun to watch. And I am truly excited to see, you know, let Micah do what I know that Mike is capable of. It's going to be like, that'll be great as well. Uh, Frodo as well is some FTG is someone that I didn't 
really know super well beforehand. Um, but just the more that I'm at shows with him at CCW, like he's a ton of fun to be around. And the like that match that he had back in like November against Denzel, it's like, oh, no, this dude is the real deal. And I, I hope that we get to do more with him, too. So uh, I'm very excited to see their tag match. I know Dalton ha- has been working hard on getting prepared for it and it wants to deliver uh, on a match that is or on a card that is absolutely stacked between the title match Jackson Crowley versus Denzel Rollins. Holy crap, that one is going to be a show stealer for sure. Uh, Austin Lane, Joey O'Reilly, uh, the five way for the women's champion. Uh, I'm sorry, the number one contendership to the women's championship. D and D versus Mike Outlaw and Camaro Jackson. Like th- this is a stacked ass card, and I know Dalton wants to show exactly why he and Kevin and, and, and no role models too. Like he wants to show why they belong there. Cause these are two younger teams two not as established teams as let's say, as a lot of the other people on the roster, just from an experience standpoint. And he, I know Dalton very much wants to show that no, all four of these guys belong on this card and can hang with the best of them. And I absolutely believe he can do that. So, um, I wouldn't be this nice to him if he was here, obviously. So it's easier for me to, you know, express actual thoughts, you know, when someone's not looking at you and trying to interrupt you from, from saying nice things. So, uh, but that is going to do it for this week. Uh, under an hour, I swear to God, if Pinecast says that this episode is too big, I'm going to lose my mind, but it shouldn't. So if you if you hung out this far, thank you so much. Uh, should be back to normal next week. We'll talk more about um, the wrestling world. I'm sure Dalton will have a depressing update on the crowdfunding Nitro set that is not doing particularly well, which means that that Raw is War set that is sick looking probably isn't even going to make it to the stage of crowdfunding, which is a bummer for him. I know he was excited about that. But um, yeah, that's going to do it. Um, I So today, Jerry Springer died. And I have not seen a full episode of Jerry Springer like since I was a kid. Uh, it was never a show that I particularly enjoyed. Just like it, it, that kind of entertainment. Like never been my bag. So it turns out, apparently, because someone posted like an outro. I completely stole the outro from Jerry Springer. Did you guys know that? I didn't know that. I 100% did not know that my outro was essentially uh, the Jerry Springer outro. So today I learned. Um, But that said, I do appreciate anybody listening to this, either just one episode or for all the episodes we've done. uh, The the bad brain days kind of tell me, it's like, why would anyone do that? But no, y'all are cool and I appreciate you. And hopefully we'll, we'll see you next week too. So, but until then, have a great week. Uh, There was one last thought I was going to get out. It's fine. We're moving on. Uh, Until then, though, have a great week. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And as always, watch more wrestling.